Stu Does America. Load up your pockets with cash. Yeah, 36 bucks off an annual subscription to Blaze TV Plus when you use the code Stu Plus. Don't use the plus sign, though. Just use S-T-U-P-L-U-S. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Save some cash. YouTube, if you're there, you don't need to save cash. You're getting this for free. But we appreciate you. And uh, the only thing we want you to do is, is just click like on the channel and follow for all of the videos. We do appreciate it. Glenn Beck is going to be here with some terrifying information about Iran that you need to know. I'll let you know how Tom Cruise is influencing the future of our technology with our government. It's a really uplifting story. We'll tell you about that. But we start by doing the left's anti-Semitism problem. There is a problem now, isn't there? And it's important, of course, to talk about a situation when you're, when you're dealing with the fog of war to try to get the truth and bring to everybody the right information. And, of course, the media is not really trying to do that. Um, I will tell you that there was a you know, one of the top stories over the past 24 hours was a bombing of a refugee area. Um, this is in Gaza, a def- desperate search for survivors after Gaza refugee camp is hit in Israeli airstrike. <clears throat> and one of the interesting parts about the story is if you remember back to the whole hospital bombing situation, the hospital gets bombed. They say, Israel did it. And Israel's like, no, we didn't. We didn't do that at all. What are you talking about? And then we look through all the evidence and we find out at the end, okay, Israel didn't do that particular thing. Um, This one, uh, they said, hey, wait a minute, you bombed our refugee uh, area. And Israel said, yeah, I know. That was us. We we pressed the button and everything. That That was us. Why did we do it? Not to kill innocent people, but to try to kill the leadership of Hamas. And they did do seem to have killed at least one of these top leaders, uh, not entirely confirmed, but that does seem to be the truth. At least that's what Israel's saying. And some independent reporting is confirming that, but we don't have it completely confirmed yet. But the point here is that uh, Israel was, is pretty upfront with this stuff. They're saying, hey, look, you needed to move south. We're going after the north part of Gaza. Please move south if you're just a normal citizen. If you're Hamas, feel free to stay because we're going to level basically every building. There's a report now that about a quarter of the buildings have already been damaged from the bombing they've done so far, and they're just getting started. They're just moving in now. But you could see how the media is going to treat this and react. If, is, if something happens that's bad in Gaza, um, you know, uh, prisoners being murdered, um, these types of things, they'll get blip, the blip coverage. The big coverage is gonna come from whenever Israel does something that they deem as bad. Now, look, In a war, when you're trying to kill the leadership and the leadership continues to hang out by all innocent people uh, because they don't care about the innocent people's lives. The media says they care. The left says they cares. They care, but they don't. Um, And in reality, uh, neither does Hamas. Hamas really doesn't care about their lives. They want them there for protection. And of course, that reveals quite a bit about Israel, right? If they think it would work as protection, and it normally does work as protection, but Israel is through. Uh, with this sort of nonsense, and they're going to continue to go up. And, you know, we talked to Chuck Holton yesterday from uh, CBN. He was uh, in the West Bank, uh, or Judea and Samaria. Um, And he was talking about how, look, at the end of the day, this is what Netanyahu's going to do. They're going to go in there, they're going to reboot this whole area. They're going to wipe out all the leadership, and then they're going to let, they're going to step out and let them restart it and try to start a new government that's not as terrible, but if it turns into another terrorist organization, they're going to go do it again and again and again and again and again. And, and while that's better than what they've been doing, long term, that's not really a, a strategy that can win, because you look at the way this stuff is going to be covered, certainly by the media in Gaza and even by international media, And every little thing that happens is going to be blamed on Israel. 
the people who are going to rebuild that society are not going to build a pro-Western government. That's not going to happen. And you're going to wind up doing this over and over and over and over again. And that's unsustainable. Uh, Arab American support for Biden and Democrats has plummeted now because of Israel. This is a fascinating development because we've talked about this before. There are very few issues in which Democrats have any sane members in their entire party on anymore. Like they're, they're no longer sane on most things. There used to be some diversity. Uh, you know, I mean, if you go back to abortion, you know, the Casey decision was actually the pro-life side of that was a Democrat. That's all gone. Those people are gone. They're, they're long left behind. They get kicked out of the party now. With Israel, there's still a few people on the left that are sane when it comes to Israel and occasionally will at least give lip service to the fact that Israel should not have to get raped and murdered at any whim of Hamas. That is a big line for the media to cross. Uh, here's the details from the poll. President Joe Biden's support among Arab Americans, who are crucial voters in battleground election states, I mean, that's a little overblown, but okay, has plunged from a comfortable majority in 2020 to just 17%, a new poll shows, amid growing anger over the Democratic president's support for Israel's attacks on Gaza. Arab American support for Biden at 59% in 2020 fell even before the outbreak of violence in the Middle East to 35%, and now it's down at 17%. Not not great if you happen to be Joe Biden, though the numbers honestly are pretty low and it would be difficult to imagine them going to his opponent, right? I mean, I, I guess with RFK Jr. in the race, uh, he seems to have some interesting views on the region. Uh, perhaps they would adopt him as their candidate of choice, but I can't see them going to Trump or DeSantis or Haley. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Um, Look, is it kind of shocking that Biden has at least maintained lip service toward Israel being able to defend themselves? I mean, it's a little surprising. It's funny looking at him. He's, he's not done a good job at, at any of this, and he still keeps churning out the nonsense, right? He's still talking about two-state solutions. Look, the two-state solution is dead, okay? It was dead. It died on October 7th. It's long gone. It's, it was another victim of that terrible day. Um, now, look, the two-state solution had been offered so many times, and it was the Palestinians, typically, who wanted to, who continued to reject it. Over and over and over again, they did that. It's never going to be a reality because the goal, of course, is not to have a little state inside of Israel or have a, a state of their own or their own government. They don't care about that. What they want is every Jew dead. You know, there's not a two-state solution when one state is the Palestinians and the other are dead Jews. That's what the Palestinians uh, want, that are at least the ones that are in Hamas. And honestly, when you look at the polling of the region, it's not all that much better than what you'd expect Hamas to be. We're talking 70, 80, 90 percent, depending on what kind of uh, measure you're looking at. But these are attacks on Jews or even Americans serving in the region. The support gets up that high. It's, it's really uh, it's not good. The fact that there are a few Democrats that will hold the line on this uh, is actually largely true. I mean, I, I'm, I'm stretching a little bit. I don't think this is a support here that is um, complete or to the level that I would prefer, but at least it's something. At least it's something. Um, now, of course, Biden is also threatening to veto funding for Israel. The House GOP has a plan. We talked to uh, Andy Biggs about it earlier today. Basically that says, look, we want to support Israel. We want to give some uh, some uh, aid to Israel, but let's like cut out some of those uh, IRS dollars and uh, maybe a couple of other things we can pay for it. Let's at least pay for it and not spend extra. That's of course very offensive if you happen to be on the left. The only answer is spending more. You never can spend less on anything. It's always spending more. Uh, that's the way this always works. Um, now, 
The split with Biden, and uh, we talked about the polls among Arab Americans, is interesting, but there's also a split within the party, right? Like um, a deep split erupts between Hamas, Demo- uh, between Democrats on Israel, Hamas war. And there is a an interesting split. You'd expect kind of on lines that you'd sort of expect. Ocasio-Cortez, of course, is out there ripping pro-Israel groups right now as extremists. And it's funny because... This is really the time you want to go. This is the time to be critical of Jews. This is the day. I mean, if you're going to pick any day, now's the this is the time after they've been absolutely uh, slaughtered on their own land. Now's the time to go after the people backing them and trying to keep them alive. Um, That is, of course, part of it. You expect AOC and the squad to go down this road. I mean, they've been AOC is actually somewhat undercover with her anti-Semitism compared to Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, right? Like this, she's like the conservative member of the squad on this issue. John Fetterman is the other way. He's facing a left-wing backlash over his stance on Israel, and he isn't budging. Now, it's possible that, you know, I don't know, maybe his prompter told him the wrong thing to say, but I, I does seem to actually believe this and, and is standing by Uh, his uh, constituents uh, who are uh, Jewish, which is good and uh, laudable. Uh, uh, You know, you wonder, certainly when you look at his his situation uh, politically, he's got a long time to wait for an an election, uh, so he doesn't really have to worry about that. He's in a purple state, so that it may be a factor a little bit. But there is this sort of idea that Democrats have been the friend of the Jews. You know, we used to have a, an agent who used to tell us how, when we would sign a new contract, he goes, it's good for the Jews. Don't worry, it's good for the Jews. We love the guy. He was, and that was his line. He used to say that all the time. Is it good for the Jews? Well, you know, I don't know. It's kind of an important thing to think about right now, isn't it? And if you happen to be someone who is of Jewish descent, you might be thinking, well, I see all the madness out there. Who's going to protect us? Fascinating poll taken by an organization talking to Jewish American voters. This is from June 2023. So before the attack, what was the vision of Jewish voters on who would protect them from anti-Semitism? It's fascinating. They say 57 percent believed the Democratic Party was going to protect them from anti-Semitism. This is a real poll. Like with real numbers, real people said that 57 percent said the Democrats were going to protect them from anti-Semitism. Now, if you stop and think about how someone on the left might absorb information about this, what they see over and over again is like the Charlottesville tiki torches. Right. Oh, gosh, it must be all those people on the right who don't like the Jews. Remember when they did that whole uh, march in Charlottesville and they said Jews will not replace us and all that. Remember that? I saw it on Vice. Vice uh, says that the right are the ones who are the anti-Semites. And that is such a media um, uh, wave that it hits, I think, Democrats constantly. And keep in mind, Democrats uh, and Jews have had a tight uh, connection for a long time, with the exception of Orthodox Jews. Every other group, and that you go, this is, goes through all of the polling, Orthodox Jews sort of looks like, look like conservative voters, and every other group of uh, Jewish voters looks like uh, hardcore, almost squad members. I mean, you know, abortion is an 80 to 14 issue on the pro-choice side. Uh, things like this, these are very left-wing voters. Very left-wing voters are going to absorb very left-wing media sources. Um, Of course, they don't want to hear the conservative stance. So only when it comes to this moment 
do a lot of these voters even consider listening to conservatives? And it's important that we are consistent here as we've been the entire time. Anti-Semitism was called out when we saw it in Charlottesville. This, this was called out immediately by people on the right and consistently uh, the entire time. The left seems to have a real problem with this and they it's, it's echoing uh, down the halls of universities, down the halls of major media institutions, down the halls of government in large parts. Um, it's a little confusing that this has fooled anyone. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes you just look at this and you're just like, how does this stuff happen? Um, Mayim Bialik, who's the very smart, right? she's hosting Jeopardy. I mean, she must be smart, right? Um, she says she has, uh, nothing has prepared her for this, the anti-Semitism she's seeing. This is someone who's highly educated, who is, uh, who is very up on world events. You'd think this would be obvious to her. The left has a massive anti-Semitism problem, always has, is continuing to have one. It seems to be getting much, much worse right now. And yet here she is talking about how she sees all of the recent week's events uh, playing out. There has not been an experience in my lifetime that has prepared me for this. It is clear, we get it. It is clear that there, there is a strain of anti-Semitism that is alive and well. Yeah. It is thriving at my alma mater where the chant we want a Jewish genocide was echoed in the quad in front of Royce Hall. The place where I took my doctoral hood had students of all backgrounds chanting for a Jewish genocide. This is not acceptable. It's not normal. We should not normalize it. There is no excuse for calling for a genocide of an entire people. <laughs> Period. Yeah, Full stop. Amazing you have to say that. Uh, but you do. You have to say it to every university and half the media, at least, who seems to think that, you know what, maybe uh, Israel deserves it. You know? Maybe they are really bad. Maybe Hamas is understandable. There's this idea that Hamas you know, couldn't help themselves. I mean, they don't, they don't make their own decisions, of course. They were forced into this by the actions of Israel. Look, it's disgusting to me, honestly, and I, I, I've got no time for it. Uh, Amy Schumer is another one who was out there, you know, who's on, very much on the left, one of the most left-wing people you'd ever see. Uh, Amy Schumer says her heart breaks for Israel and Gaza as she reflects on ongoing con uh, uh, conflict. Again, like this is someone who hates the conservatives and makes them all seem like Hitler all the time. And yet in this situation, really the only people on her side uh, who want Israel to actually survive seem to be people on the right. And I don't know, does that make any difference? Here's what she wrote. She, she put on her comments. Uh, she says, a couple things. What I want is for every hostage back, and I want safety and freedom from Hamas for Palestinians and Israelis. I want safety for Jewish people and Muslims as well. Everyone, just like you, I want peace. You will never see me wishing harm on anyone. Saying I'm Islamic phobic or that I like genocide is crazy. So here you go by popular demand, comments on, please keep the below in mind. One, when you say that I'm rich, please add in self-made. I come in being dirt poor. That's a bit of a humble 
Uh, not even a humble brag. It's, a, it's the opposite of a humble brag. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer is my dad's second cousin once removed. I didn't meet him until I was 25. I guess people are saying that, oh, you're tied into Chuck Schumer. Uh, I've never been given any money to support a cause other than tampons. I've never stolen a joke. I mean, there's definitely accusations on that one. Uh, people calling me a failed comic. I'm the most successful female comedian of all time. Can we stop for a second? Is that true? Is Amy Schumer the most successful female comedian of all time? I mean, inflation's gone up a lot. So, I mean, even when her movies fail, she probably makes a good amount of money off of that. But is that true? If that's true, that is disturbing. I will say, Amy Schumer actually had like a year to two year period where she was funny. It's a long time ago. It's way in the rearview mirror now. But she actually was funny at one point. Maybe that's when she was stealing her jokes. I don't know. Uh, also, she says, I'm ugly fat. Uh, ugly slash fat. Okay, sorry you aren't attracted to me. I found someone who is. I hope you find someone too. We're all in a lot of pain. What hurts most is that we actually love each other. You hate Jews. Uh, you don't know why. I still love you. Well, there you go. Now, the anti-Semitism is really raging through society right now. Cornell University student has facing uh, federal charges over anti-Semitic threats. Um, here's a couple of them, and they're just wonderful. Um, Jewish people need to be killed. If you see a Jewish person on campus, follow them home and slit their throats. Rats need to be eliminated from Cornell. This is posted by Jew Evil. And then you got this one, Gonna Shoot Up 104 West, which is a Jewish dining hall. Um, they, they, they have a, at, least, at least where the Jewish students typically eat. Um, Alu Akbar, uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Glory to Hamas, liberation by any means necessary, posted by Kill Jews. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to ruin your perception of the world, but uh, apparently both Jew evil and Kill Jews are the same person. So you're thinking, oh, wow. Those are two interesting names. Oh, the person just mixed their name up a little bit. Um, Patrick Dye is his actual name, D-A-I. Cornell student uh, accused of threatening Jewish peers. Uh, his parents say they, he was in a depression. He took two semesters off to try to fight the depression, went back. His communications went dark in the days leading up to uh, these threats. And um, eventually the parents went to try to drive and see what was going on with him. They drove 80 miles to visit him and uh, he had already been arrested by the time they got there. But it's not just this one guy at Cornell. Here's, I mean, I could, we could honestly fill the entire show, the entire monologue, just video after video after video of attacks and terrible things going on against Jews in this country. Anti-Semitic vandalism rattles a Jewish communities amid growing tension in the U.S. We saw Jewish, uh, 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 anti-Jewish slogans, uh, Stars of David painted on buildings in Paris. Um, here is Harvard. This is Israel and Palestinians protesters clashing. Look at what they're doing they're surrounding a Jewish student this video is really disheartening they've surrounded him they're screaming in his face it is amazing and of course what would he get from the what the White House like yeah we and I, we highlighted Biden with a couple of, of good comments and speeches he's made over the past couple of weeks but this is the typical thing you're getting. This is a Corinne Jean-Pierre um, with a just, you know, another classic from her idiotic library. There are very many angry Muslim Americans right now who, who feel like the president isn't listening to them in their appeals for a ceasefire. What is your message to this group of Americans and what efforts have you made at outreach to this group specifically? So a couple of things. Look, what I can say is this. The president 
uh, knows that Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim have endured us? a disproportionate number, uh, certainly of hate-fueled attacks. Right, a disproportionate number of hate-fueled attacks. Um, right, first of all, stop so this. Why is, why, is she, why is she reading that? She can't memorize, hey, by the way, Muslims have been attacked. Now, she, maybe she's reading it because she knows she's lying and doesn't want to look you in the eye. Um, look, is there a huge problem with anti-Muslim attacks right now? I mean, the answer, frankly, is no. Let me give you a headline. This is from uh, Axios. Anti-Arab and anti-Semitic hate crimes surging in New York City and L.A. That's what they say. You might say, wow, uh, so both sides are surging. Let me give you the details in the actual article. The number of anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City rose from 16 to 69 percent in October. Okay. So from 16 in a normal month to 69, that's it's going up quite a bit. The Muslim rise went from one to eight. So the ridiculous rise of crime is now up to the level of half of a normal month before the rise of anti-Semitic attacks. But both are rising and Arab Americans are facing a disproportionate amount of, of violence. Look. They're not going to tell you the truth. You know that. That's why we're here. And we're going to continue to do this. I know Glenn is going to do this as well on his show tonight. He's going to join us here in just a second. Let me tell you about Grip 6. I was out on Halloween doing a little trick-or-treating last night. And, you know, look. Am I going to dress up on Halloween? Am I an adult? Uh, of course I am. I have an awesome costume. What are you talking about? But I will say it was a little chilly. You know, we woke up this morning. It was 33 degrees. That's inhuman for Texans. Okay? We don't want that. We, this is why I moved down here to avoid 33 degrees. But I went out last night. It was pretty chilly. And I needed to get all warm. What did I do? Put on my Grip 6 socks. I love my Grip 6 socks. They keep my feet very, very warm uh, in the cold outdoors or the even colder Glenbeck Studios. This is a great company that makes great stuff. Uh, their socks are awesome. They're warm. Their wallets are great. They're thin profile. You'll love them. Uh, their belts are great as well. And you can save right now 15% with the code STEW if you go to GRIP6.com. GRIP, the number 6.com slash STEW. GRIP6.com slash STEW. Use the code STEW. Save 15% off with GRIP6. It's GRIP6.com slash STEW. I'm joined now by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up right after this program. So conveniently, you don't even have to get off the couch. You just sit there and keep watching. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern tonight is exposing Iran's trap to trigger global war. Be sure to stay tuned. Glenn, how's it going? It's great. And, uh, you know, that's the nice thing about having a linear network like this. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to go. Yeah, I want to watch this show. Yeah, I want to watch this. So you could just. Yeah. You could be a quadriplegic, mm -hmm. and somebody just turns it on, and you leave it on all day. That's and it's nonstop entertainment. That's what the problem. That, that's why they added that feature on Netflix. They're like right. Americans don't want to pick their next thing. They just, they just roll let it, right it pick in. for you. exactly right. <laughs> that's how it goes. Anyway. Um, so uh, Iran's interesting here because of course they're in the middle of all of this, but their goal is different than a normal nation's goal. Even like you look at something like uh, Russia or, you know, another China, countries that are instigating Radically global different. chaos. But it's a different, there's much different motivations behind it. So Dugin is probably the closest yeah. in mm -hmm. Russia. 
Um, and he is trying to create global chaos because he wants to take us back to pre-enlightenment, pre-modernity, okay? Those are his words, pre-modernity, meaning before the Industrial Revolution, before the Age of Enlightenment. So back to the 1700s, okay? That's what he's trying to do. Putin is not all in, into that, but he is into the goal that Dugan outlines, which is Russia, Mother Russia, becomes you know, the, the uh, influence for all of Euro-Asia. Okay. Uh, Iran is an entirely different thing that we in the modern world haven't seen before. And no one is willing to talk about it. And that is, this is a religious state run by a religious cult called the Twelvers that believe in um, the end times, just like Christians believe in the end times. They're on the other side of our storybook. Their storybook, different, okay? Ends the same... Well, it's a similar storybook. It's just told from a different perspective. <laughs> yes. It's like the devil wrote that one and Jesus wrote this one, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and they have to instigate the washing of the world in blood before the great Islamic empire that will rule the world and will behead every infidel that doesn't bow a knee to, uh, to the 12th Imam and Mohammed, um, they have to wash the world in blood and that starts with chaos and with the destruction of Israel. So when they say um, they want to um, wash the world in blood or that Israel and all the Jews will burn in the fires of the Islamic fury. They mean that religiously. Mm. And no one's willing to take them in the West. No one's willing to take them seriously. They'll say that somebody who believes that the Catholic Church should still be doing their mass in Latin is a dangerous ex extremist. But we should give money to the Twelvers in, in Iran. It's insane. How big is the, is part of, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of different parts of Islam, Sunnis and Shiites and all the different uh, parts. The Twelvers, like how big of a part of- In Iran, big. They big. are the- Is it just leadership or is this the average uh, person's belief? Even uh, if they're not I, I, for they, the violence, they, are, they, they believe I, this. I don't know enough about the population mm. of Iran. I know that Iran has traditionally been um, westernized. Okay, so it had a lot of Western values. That's why you see people rising up against Iran that aren't calling for a new Sharia law state. Mm -hmm. You're seeing them ask for freedom, the way we understand it, um, because they were Westernized for quite some time. The Ayatollah Khomeini is the one who put an end to that in 1979. So you have these two cultures coming at, but if you are a religious, really devout religious uh, person that has any power at all in Iran, you're a 12er. 
Where's the disconnect come from? We were talking, we did some stuff on anti-Semitism earlier and the sort of the rise of it, which I want to say the rise of it in some ways because it seems like it's this big wave, but in reality it had to be sitting there dormant to rise this quickly into these numbers. Stu, we saw this coming for how long? Mm -hmm. 20 years? It's been there. We planted the seeds. We watched them be watered. We saw them sprout. Now it's just... It's like bamboo. So open. Yeah. And so overt, which is in some ways surprising. You'd think you'd want to deny these things because they're such horrible thoughts, but that does not seem to be at least what's going on in campuses. Um, But you kind of have this situation now where um, the the media looks at something like Charlottesville, right, where we saw a bunch of people with tiki tor- torches saying terrible things about Jews. And it was Let's just say, and I don't even think it was, but let's just say, I think being generous, a thousand people. Okay, a thousand okay? people. Right? And it was, look, it was bad. We were very critical of it when it happened. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Nazis. It's Nazis. I don't, yeah. I'm completely fine calling them out. Where is that attention? Where is that same criticism over these groups walking through the streets, saying from, it, from the river to the sea? It's nowhere. Because Why? the left cannot do it. Why? Because they brought the Muslim Brotherhood into the camp. They brought Mm. care and all of the things we used to warn about and say, you're going to be sorry for this. Don't do this. They're into the camp. Those are the, they use them as fuel, as the street fighters. Okay. It's like Antifa. Don't bring Um, Antifa into your camp and expect them to play nicely. If you betray them, you're done. Okay? They'll tear you apart. That's what they're dealing with. They're dealing with all these radicals they thought they could control. Then they just open up the borders. I'm telling you, I hope this is not right. This is so cynical. But everybody's been saying they opened up the borders for voting. I don't think so. I think they did it to overwhelm the system Mm. and then to cause chaos in the streets. You start having marches with 10 million people who are in this country and a thousand of them are radicals. You have terror all over the world. You you remember we did a special when we were at um, CNN. And it was uh, a war game scenario. We played a red cell game of what happened in Russia. I think it was in Chechnya, right? Grozny or something, where these radical Islamists came into a school and just slaughtered everybody, just took it. And we talked at the time, you want 25 people. You get 25 people like that. Doing that, the same kind of activity that was happening on October 7th, you do that in America to a school, the whole world has changed. The whole world has changed. Um, let me take you back to earlier this week. You did a segment on radio that uh, wound up getting on social media, kind of going viral about a letter you had written uh, to the state of Israel. Yeah. Um, this is something you've talked about a little bit on the air, but a lot off the air about for a decade, a decade plus about wanting to get Israeli citizenship. Not a statement against America, but 
in addition to to having yeah. American citizenship, also I think those getting... are the two greatest citizenships anyone could ever hold in today's world. So, tell me about why you decided to do this. Why I decided to ask to, for to, citizenship? To write the letter. Yeah, I mean, that was it was oh, a... to write the letter. Yeah. Um, I wrote the letter um, because I've been meaning to. I talked to Benjamin Netanyahu about eight months ago, and he was like, "You should, you should reapply. You should reapply." <laughs> um, and uh, so, okay, I'll mm -hmm. reapply. Uh, but I haven't gotten around to it. But I, I wrote the letter and then published it because I personally cannot imagine what it feels like to be a Jew in America today, to be a Jew in Israel, to see all of your neighbors and then a lot of Europe with the same kind of feelings. The, the stars being painted on the walls and the houses of Jewish people or the businesses in Paris, France, not 1940, today. I can't imagine how alone and how frightening that is. Imagine if they said, hey, we're coming after Christians. And all of a sudden you saw on campuses all these people that were saying, kill all the Christians. Can you imagine what that feels like? I, I just felt... And I still do and, and try to do this in every way. We have a lot of listeners in Israel. Um, I, I just want them to know they're not alone. And I think it's important for them to know that there are Christians that believe they have a right to live and will stand. You know, I, I, I've talked about this for so long and I've had um, Jewish people say, well, it's not going to happen. Then I've had Jewish people say, well, when it comes, I don't know if you'll stand. I've had people say, when it comes, no one will stand. And I've always said the same thing. I will, and I think millions will stand with me. Not sure. Not sure if that's still true? Not sure if millions will. I, I mm -hmm. hope so. But where are the people... Uh, right now, where are the churches that are really saying, we will protect, we will protect? Where are the churches that are, I'm sure there are, I just haven't seen them yet. Mm -hmm. But where are the churches that are really standing up? I'd like to see them more. It's, uh, you know, I think the speaking out is, is really important, right? I mean, I'm... I, 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 been surprised at how the people who are supporting Hamas are willing to speak out about it. I mean, you go back there. Hitler. Been, Hitler. There, there They're been, willing to yeah. quote Hitler. There have been times in our history where hatred toward a group was overt, right? Like we all uh, can, we all know that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we go back to obviously slavery days and, you know, eras. Chinese and everything. Oh my gosh. There's been t tons of times. I really did think that we had all come to the point where we all said, hey, like that's, that's a bad idea. And certainly if you are someone who's a hater, you're gonna hide that. Y that's why something like Charlottesville is shocking. But when you're seeing dozens of Charlottesvilles go on every weekend all across the country, campus after campus after campus in the streets of major cities, like this is a totally different world than I think I, I thought I understood. I think I told you a couple of weeks ago that we were, it was before um, Israel, that I felt we were at the doorway of a different season. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. 
and that we're at the doorway of a different season. Something's about to completely change everything. I think that's what this is. I think that's what this is. Um, I was talking about, you know, the, the time of choosing is right now. And I'm, I'm afraid that there will be many lost because they will say, my support of the country comes first. Mine does too, especially when it comes to Israel. But my support of the Jew is the answer to my first citizenship in the kingdom of God. My, my, my actions towards anyone and protecting those who are in trouble, anyone, you know, Stu, you know me well enough. If is Islamic, um, you know, Islamophobia was happening in our community and it was unjust, it was unwarranted um, and it was innocent, good, decent people that were just trying to live a quiet, decent life, you know we would be on the side of them. You know we would be. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has been foretold. And the consequences of not are really high. Really high. Glenn Beck, new special coming up right after this, 9 p.m. Eastern, exposing Iran's trap to trigger global war. Stay tuned for that. And, of course, subscribe, blazetv.com slash stew. If you use the code stew plus right now, you'll get 36 bucks off your annual subscription. Don't, don't miss it. Glenn. You don't want to miss our guest, too, uh, Admiral Akbar. <laughs> he, he joins us halfway through. Does he describe how it's a trap? Yeah. He does? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. It's okay. a trap! <laughs> Thanks, bud. Back in a second. Buying and selling a home is not fun. You know, Glenn uh, was in radio, moved around a bunch of times, started his own network, so then he can live wherever he wants. And um, part of the reason why, when we were going through that entire process of moving around the country, uh, you realize you need to make sure you're nailing those transactions. You can't have these major problems when you're going to buy or sell a home. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the company that Glenn started after the blaze. But both uh, are still chugging to this day. And if you go to realestateagentsitrust.com, you'll get the best real estate agent in your area. Whether you're buying or selling a home, make sure to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all. It's a free service to you, so why not? realestateagentsitrust.com. So if you thought Tom Cruise should be the one who is influencing the way our government thinks about AI, well, you're in luck because that's exactly what happened. Joe Biden grew more worried about AI after watching Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Yes, this is. And you think, OK, that's just a, a conservative attack or something. Some joke, maybe. Is it the onion, the, the Babylon Bee? No, no. This comes from the, uh, the uh, deputy White House chief of staff, Bruce Reed. He told uh, the Associated Press that. Uh, AI is an issue of great importance to the president who was impressed and alarmed after seeing fake AI images of himself (laughs) and is uh, learning about the terrifying technology of voice cloning. And then if he 
hadn't already been concerned about what could go wrong with AI before that movie. He saw plenty more to worry about, said Reed, who watched the film with Biden. This is this is like the you remember the old intertubes quote that was like a big meme back in the very early days of the Internet. That the senator, I remember who it was, uh, said intertubes or he said it's a series of tubes, the Internet, which, again, has got blown out of proportion. Long story. But the bottom line is, like, how is this not worse? He's watching Tom Cruise movies to figure out technology. This is where we are today. And it's going to lead us to very interesting places tomorrow. Let me tell you about the Jace case from Jace Medical. Uh, the New York, uh, the uh, excuse me, the United States is cons- uh, currently facing a critical shortage of essential drugs. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. Over 300 drugs uh, so in states of disruption, um, depending on what the medical treatment is, that could be a big deal. Treatments are facing delays, cancellations, and the rationing of vital medications. What do you do about that? Well, you need to have some of the stuff on hand before the whole system blows up. Uh, Jace case uh, is uh, from Jace Medical. It is a personalized emergency medication kit. It contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. It's customizable with dozens of add-on medications available, so you can choose the ones that best fit you and your family's needs. The process is simple. You just go online, you fill out a form, and then you get a prescription. Life-saving medications delivered right to your door. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the promo code STEW at checkout. You'll get a special order uh, discount right now. It's the code STEW at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. The Jace case from Jace Medical. Amazing poll out today from Quinnipiac. Now, Quinnipiac is a respected pollster. I feel like some of their stuff is a little all over the place at times, but uh, they are, you know, mainstream accepted pollster TM. Um, and uh, they're an A- rating uh, from 538.com. This poll, uh, highlighted by Interactive Polls, is pretty interesting. It has Biden up by one, 47-46, which is very much in the realm of normal polling. But when they add RFK Jr., they get this result. Biden, 39 Trump 36, RFK Jr. 22. That is a massive number for a third party candidate, even when it's this early. I mean, like that is a shocking number to keep that in perspective. RFK Jr. never got 22 percent in the Democratic primary when he was in it. The fact that he's getting that as a third party candidate is really notable. Now, usually what happens, um, you know, John Anderson back in 1980 came out around 20 percent when he started, wound up finishing around 6 percent. That's usually what happens to third party candidates in this country. But it is a, an encouraging amount number for RFK Jr., certainly. This is also an, an, an example of the opposite of what we talked about a couple days ago, where most of these polls so far have shown RFK Jr. hurting Biden more. In this poll, he hurts Trump more. And if it keeps going back and forth, this is going to be very complicated for these mainstream uh, the party candidates. Um, one other thing that's notable in this poll, and I don't know, this is it's hard to believe. But in, in, if you just look at independence, um, the, the, the split is this Biden, 30 percent, Trump, 31 percent, Kennedy, 36 Kennedy's actually winning independent voters in this poll. A great result for him. Uh, You know, I don't know that I buy it. I will say I want to see some more polling that would back that up before I would actually think he's at 22 percent. But an incredible result for RFK Jr. And probably will help him get on uh, ballots and get some more attention, more interviews and certainly more fundraising. (laughs) 
If you happen to be watching on Pluto TV or maybe over on uh, Blaze TV, uh, you got Glenn Beck coming up next on the big channel. 36 bucks off a subscription right now to Blaze TV. If you go to blazetv.com slash stew and use the code stew plus 36 bucks off. It's the biggest savings they've done in a very long time. I encourage you to take advantage of it. You get a lot for your money when you subscribe to Blaze TV. Not only my show, Glenn's show, Pat Gray in the morning, coverage of the radio show, uh, Steve Dace, Chad Prather, News and Why It Matters, a million shows on here that you get with your Blaze TV subscription. And I think you're really going to find it worthwhile. Plus, you can save 36 bucks. Why not? It's blazetv.com slash stew. The code is stew plus.